Hello, everyone. This is Building Blue Zones podcast. I am your host, DeMarco Gaddy, and this is episode nine, Physical Fitness. Today, we have a special guest, Tanya Lopez. Tanya is a personal trainer and a group fitness instructor at Quantum Fit Life, which is a gym in downtown Nashville. She is also an entrepreneur in the fitness industry. I have taken a couple of Tanya's classes and was inspired by the passion she has for her work. She also leads those classes extremely well. Uh, others have also recognized her talents as she was voted Nashville Fit Magazine's best group fitness instructor for the second year in a row. Today, we talk about her journey to where she is today, healthy habits, successful client characteristics, various types of exercise, a little bit more on diet. And then we discuss fascia, uh, posture, and baseline movement. So if you want to hear more from Tanya after this, you can follow her on Instagram. I have put her handle in the show notes. And if you want to experience one of her classes and you're local here in Nashville, I encourage you to drop on into one of her classes in Quantum. You won't regret it. But without further introduction, here is our conversation. We're live. All right. What's up? How's it going? It's going great. Uh, my name is Tanya. I guess I'll introduce myself to the people. Yeah. Uh, Tanya Lopez, I am a personal trainer, group fitness instructor, and online coach now. I'm building my own app, so that's that's the newest the newest addition to the intro. Um, I've been training for about four years, so a little bit, actually a lot like less time than most people think. People think I've been doing it for a long time, but yeah. about four years, and on and off, not completely, you know, those entire four years. Um, I got into fitness myself when I was younger, like I, I always was active i played sports growing up my entire life any any sports soccer specifically but i was always playing outside and just active in general um in high school i went through a death in my family my stepdad passed away and i had to stop playing sports to be there for my family take care of my sister and stuff so i i started to just get into fitness in general to you know go through grief and just keep my physical activity up um and then from there, that's kind of when my fitness journey started, like 17, 18 years old, lifting at the local YMCA. So, like, did I had no idea what to do. I had to, like, go through the whole process of, like, you're 17, you can't go in the weight room yet. They're taking you through, like, every single machine. Right. Yeah, I, like, this, you know, this guy who's, like, clearly not fit, like, just teaching me how to use everything <laughs> thing so that it's, like, so that it's safe. Um, and so that's just how I started. I had to, like, wear this little badge because I was underage to go in the weight room, like, this little badge to go in there. And, oh, that's hilarious. Uh, I remember this guy one time was like, hey, can you spot me on this on this bench press? And I was like, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I was like, can you teach me how to spot somebody? And I, like, scheduled, like, a to go, like, have, like, a meeting with him so he could teach me how to spot someone. Because in the he was just kind of like, it's going to take, like, two seconds for me to explain to you what this means and like i had no idea so yeah people yeah. uh take for granted this spotting i've yeah. seen i've seen some you can cases be bad at it, you know? yeah i've seen some yeah. cases where people didn't know what they're doing and yeah. it went terribly yeah so, so it's kind of nice that he taught me otherwise so um then from there i just i got into the fitness industry just for myself like i i started to just get really active and into it because i was always into you know playing sports i was competitive right um the goal was to gain weight when I was younger. I was like really skinny and everyone just kind of like made fun of that a little bit. Like I always try to act tough. So my friends are always like, oh, what are you doing, Tanya? Like you're just hanging out at the gym again. You're not doing anything. So I, I was very obsessed with like lifting heavy, eating lots of food. Um, so I did CrossFit for like six months and got injured and that sucked and hated ever since. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I just started to get more into the bodybuilding world. I worked at a nutrition shop where it was like next to the local bodybuilding gym and a lot of bodybuilders came in and uh, I just like picked a brain a lot and I started to get into that world, but I really wanted to just get bigger. Like bigger was like the, the goal. So I was just like chugging protein shakes like all day long with like ice cream and oats and carb powder and creatine and all kinds of stuff like every day eating like just Chipotle like every two hours, like just Smashing literally burritos. like extra everything. Um, so I was a little beefy. Um, and then from there, I just uh, I I just was in the industry doing that nutrition, and I never thought I wanted to be a trainer. Like that was never thought in my mind. Uh, and I think it was because I like growing up, it wasn't like a career option. Like it wasn't like oh, when I grow up, I'm gonna be a personal trainer. Like I didn't really know anybody like that. So um, I just started to like see other trainers, and that was like the only example like at the local LA Fitness of people that were there or the guy who taught me how to 
lift at the YMCA and they were just like not fit people. So I always kind of looked down on the job and it was always kind of like, I knew how easy it was to become a trainer. And I don't know if people know that, like it's extremely easy. You can pay 500 bucks, get a certification and just call yourself a trainer. And that's pretty much what most people do these days. Um, and I just kind of like looked down and I didn't think it was like something that was a, a good career, like glamorous at all. So um, I actually went to school for hotel and restaurant management. So kind of random. I grew up in that industry. My parents both were in that industry. I kind of lived like the, the sweet life, Zach and Cody kind of life, like growing up. Yeah. So I really liked it. I like people. I like talking to people. I liked meeting new people. Uh, and I didn't really ever think it would all tie in together. And it's crazy kind of how it does right now. But um, after that, I just, I stayed in the industry and I ended up working at an anytime fitness as a marketing manager. So I kind of got into like working at gyms through that, but it was never like training. Uh, I really was really business and sales and money motivated. And so I just was like, I'll never make money as a personal trainer. I don't care. And that's kind of the mentality. I, I didn't really think about how it can impact people's lives. I didn't, I didn't like, that was never a thought that crossed my mind. Um, and then after that, I went and did door to door sales uh, to sell pest control. So that's kind of a random like thing. And the goal was always to like, just make as much money as I could to do whatever I wanted to focus on fitness the rest of the year. Uh, and then I got into bodybuilding competitions. Long story short, kind of went through a long time of just me being involved in the industry, but not being a trainer at all. So I kind of knew stuff, but I just, it was never glamorous. Um, then from there, I, one of my friends uh, was actually working at a, at a private gym. So it was completely different than like the local, like, you know, box gym where you, they just like go in and, and they're just random trainers. So this was more private. So it was more legit. And he was like, Hey, you should be a trainer. And I was like, well, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. You can't make any money. He was like, no, you can definitely make some money being a trainer at like privately. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I'll, I list, I, I believe you. Let's go see what it's all about. So I started to work at the front desk there to just kind of like get my foot in the door. And I started working on my certification and it was always money. Like it was like, always like, Oh, this is a career. Right. And so, um, I started working there and the gym that was, that I started working at first gym ever that was separate from like these open gyms. Um, it was a specifically a training gym and it was like group fitness and personal training. So that was like all they did. There wasn't like, you can't just go in there and do your own thing. And their whole focus was like a six week challenge. That was like a, basically like a biggest loser type of thing. So it was like 20, lose 20 pounds, get, you you put 500 bucks down, you get it back and you lose it. So there's people who had like hundreds of pounds to lose, 200 pounds to lose. And I started meeting these people and they would literally say things to me like, yeah, like I, I would ask them, like, how did you lose that much weight? Like, it, it was just mind blowing to me. Like, I never, ever had to do that myself or seen somebody do it. And they'd always be like, I feel like I can actually, people see me as a real person now. And that kind of just blew my mind. Like, that just always sticks with me of like, they just felt like they were kind of like invisible or outsiders that they couldn't relate to the rest of the world when they were so overweight. Cause it was like people who are like 300, 400, 500 pounds sometimes. Right. Like, can't move, like, literally. And so, after I met them, I was kind of like, wow, like I, this is amazing. Like I just kind of like hit this like sweet spot in my heart. And I, I didn't realize that was there, I guess. And so I was like, I want to be a trainer. Like this is insane. So I was working in the group fitness side of things kind of leads into like what I do now. Um, and everyone would talk about this one trainer, like at this one place. And I saw what group fitness was doing to the community, how they were losing all this weight but everyone was obsessed with this one guy. And so I was like, what does this guy do? Like, what's different, right? And they were like, just go take his class. Like, we can't explain it to you, just go. So I asked to go shadow this guy for two weeks when I first started training. And I literally only shadowed him. And he just brought this like motivation and energy and like just different, like you could just tell he cared and just kind of brought everybody together, like energy wise with the music, with the people, like got everyone involved. And it was just like amazing. So after that, I was just like, I want to know everything that, you know how to do like I want to do that and literally as soon as I started training it just kind of took off from there so it's kind of how I got into it after that it's just been you know just progressing ever since and now I um I've run a couple gyms in Arizona and here and been on more of the business side of things and I've always gone back to the training because it's just like my passion is is in the hands-on like being with people seeing them transform in front of me so that's where I'm at I'm at now and now I'm building a online coaching app to be able to reach more people and diving into YouTube so that I can get as much content as possible out there. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. And that's, that's, that's essentially yeah. why I had you on because 
you know, I've taken a couple of your classes, classes at quantum and I saw your passion for it. And a lot of the content you post, I saw the passion for it. So that's why I had you on because I have seen those trainers, like you were saying that, you know, yeah. just paid that $500 <laughs> and they're like, just doing this yeah. as a, as a gig, a way to yeah. get income. And, um, they do have an effect on people's lives that are really trying to make that change. That's so important to them for their health. So, um, it's not to be, I don't think it's to be taken lightly. Like, no, you know, you're, you're having a direct impact. And when you are not passionate about it, yeah. these people are not going to be successful at losing that weight and, and, you know, having that confidence again and sure. all of those positive things after you become healthy. Um, so that's why I think it's important that people realize to, if you want to lose weight, like you need to find a trainer, uh, that is passionate, For sure. um, and that group community, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's why I had you on. And I think, um, your story is pretty cool. Uh, so I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Um, you already kind of touched on this, but what like specifically made you passionate about fitness? Was it just like. The, the impact on people was it your like your own personal transition I think it's a little bit of everything um i think my own personal like how it helped me overcome grief and just mental health side of things and how I, it made me feel but also just in my family and just people around me there's always been like pretty much everyone around me has always been really unhealthy like i'm, I'm mexican i grew up in mexico and all of my family's overweight and, you know, struggles with diabetes or high cholesterol, whatever the case might be, like lots of different things, uh, lots of drug addiction, lots of mental health issues. And so seeing all of that growing up, I've always been, you know, more of a positive, like, like a light bringers, like, I, you know, just trying to bring good to any situation or make people laugh and just bring something good. And I think uh, just knowing how much I loved fitness for myself, like, and then kind of tying it into being able to, get people to feel confident or to just feel right. better. Like it just, I think just doing it built the passion up because I didn't think it was there before. Um, which is with, with all the trainers that we're talking about, like that are, you know, brand new to the game. Like they might just have not found it yet. Right. And maybe they have the intention to do so. They just don't realize they're, they're maybe hurting somebody because they don't realize all they don't know. Cause they, you know, everybody right. thinks they know a bunch of stuff. And then like right now it's like the more, you know, the less, you know, right. I feel like I, I feel like I don't know anything now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I know so much more now. It's right. Crazy. No, there's so much to know yeah. in health it's, and wellness yeah, and it's fitness. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And that's like why we're on this pursuit of sharing all that information. It's, I think it's really important for people to know. Um, you were talking about your family, like members of your family being overweight and unhealthy. And I kind of have the same experience. Um, why do you think, it, it, is it a cultural thing? Is it like, uh, like a money situation, financial? I think, I think for, I mean, for me, I think it's a cultural thing. I yeah. Think, and, and like Mexico, like I grew up, so I was born in Mexico and I grew up in Mexico until I was like five or six and moved to the U.S. So it's just like everything's like fried and just like put into like butters and all kinds of stuff. Right. And there's, there's no awareness and that's what it comes down to. There's no like even right now. So like right now, one of my goals is to tap into that side of things. I'm, I'm fluent in Spanish. So um, with my app, I'm going to have someone translate every single description to Spanish because influencers, like even right now, you like everyone right now, like you can follow hashtag fitness on Instagram, and have resources and workouts and all these different things in, in the Latin world. Like that doesn't really exist. So there's not like a lot of influencers preaching about nutrition or, or this or that. It's uh, like diet culture is really big. So like diet pills or quick fixes, plastic surgery, like that's really big in, in not just Mexico, but like Colombia and Venezuela, like all these different places. It's very like, for some reason, just surgeries and things like that are, are quick. And there's not any, I don't want to say anyone, but not a ton of people preaching the right things. And so it's still untouched right now. So yeah. I think that that's why, I think it's a culture thing for sure. Yeah. Um, and I have a couple of friends that are Mexican and they, it, what's interesting is like food is such a big proponent. Like my family's Italian and yeah food in that in our cultures are is like yeah. huge like it's so important to you know have your family around the dinner table or lunch yeah. like every meal seems to be a big event yeah. and big spreads of food and um so it seems like it's important like that the what the actual content of the food yeah. changes but i think that community aspect is so important and it's so healthy but what they're actually eating is yeah. the is the bad part same thing sure. with my culture 
very carby, yeah, yeah. lots of food. I mean, that's, I'm not complaining about the food. No, it's I mean, fantastic, <laughs> but it's just not great, yeah. you know, long-term. And, you know, if we're eating a lot of it, not to say that you can't ever eat those foods, but if we can make people aware that, hey, this is the effect that those foods are having, then. And even like, you know, change. my grandma, like, it's like, you know, if you don't have, if you don't finish the, the food on your plate, like that's like frowned upon of like, hey, like, you know, what the hell? And, or like, if, you know, if you're looking too skinny, they'll be like, here, you need to eat more yeah, yeah. you're looking too skinny. And so that's, it's kind of just like a normal thing. Yeah. And, and no one really realizes it. That's funny you say that. My grandparents and mom were the same way. Like you didn't not finish your food, no matter how big yeah, your plate no, is, yeah. you yeah, always finish no. your food. Um, and her mom was like straight off the boat and yeah. it was the same thing. It's like, how dare you not waste? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like don't waste food yeah. like that. And they just didn't know, you know, that's, that's all I knew. Yeah. So it's, it's our responsibility to, to, to change that. And I think that that's what, it's definitely a culture thing. And I, I think one of my life goals is to, is to really tap into it. So to practice my Spanish and, and get better at yeah. creating the same content I do in English, but in Spanish, right. which is difficult. So, yeah. And I think the consistency part of it, like being consistent about, you know, making that awareness and mm-hmm. also consistency in fitness is really important. And I think that's one thing I wanted to ask you too, is like, how do you stay consistent either in, you know, your nutritional aspect or fitness? How do you stay consistent? Like, is it with a schedule? Is it with yeah. um, some type of plan, meal plan? How does it, how I does think, that look for you? especially for the listeners, I think it's important for me to admit that like, I'm not always consistent, right? Yeah. Like I'm human. I think it's like consistency is for sure key. Um, over a long period of time, but there's going to be those, you know, times of your life where there's just phases um, where you, like I have even like years where one year fitness is just great and then the next year it's not. And as a trainer, so on the on the physical side of things, as a trainer, it's exhausting to, especially group fitness. Like I, I, yeah. I, I have no idea how many calories I burn a day just teaching classes that are like where I, you know, want to hike up the class. So I jump into like that finisher, like for one minute, but then I do it every single class and it adds up. Right. And so just moving up and down and all kinds of stuff. So sometimes it's difficult, especially if it's like your workplace and you're just like tired when you go home to get a workout in whenever you're active all day long. Um, so what keeps me consistent is just, just checking myself, I guess, like just having real honest conversations with myself of like what I, what my goals are and where I want to be. And, just reflecting in general. So if I, you know, sit down and, and, and reflect and feel like, okay, well, have I been consistent with my nutrition or am I feeling good? Like, you know, if I'm, am I able to perform on my highest potential? More than likely, if I'm doing really bad at just in general life, whatever it happens to be, work, just mental health, whatever, right. more than likely I'm letting my fitness or nutrition or whatever go. So I always go back to that because that's what I can control. So I think understanding it and knowing how it ties into every other area of my life keeps me consistent um also as a trainer and just because i've been in this world for so long even when I, before i was a trainer when i was 18 19 20 whatever um i just feel like a lot of people have always looked up to me for this part of my life and um they always have questions and things like that so i always like to lead by example and make sure that i'm knowledgeable enough in my own body to be able to trust myself to give someone else advice on whatever they need help with um, but something I just always say to myself, like all the time, whether it's leaving a dish out or, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not perfect at all, but like whenever I'm doing something that's not in alignment with whatever I'm trying to accomplish, I always will tell myself, you like how you do one thing is how you do everything. So yeah. if I am slacking on my fitness, more than like I'm going to slack on my work or if I'm slacking on nutrition, I'm going to slack on fitness and it kind of just domino effects. So that keeps me consistent. And then obviously just the eyes on me just knowing right. that clients are looking up to me and knowing that I have to practice what I preach so that it makes it easy as you know but it's also sometimes difficult because I'm in that world so much that I kind of need a break you know? right right so yeah I like your point on like you're human and you know it doesn't look the same all all the time yeah. and um consistency is I think relative for people like it's it should be in alignment with like what your goals are, um, like everyone is not going to be working out six, For sure. six days yeah. a week and is not going to, you know, eat whole foods or eat a salad every meal. It's just not, it, that's to it's me is unhealthy For and sure. it's unrealistic long-term. Yeah. Like, so I think the takeaway from that is just to like set your goals and try to align with that and consistency yeah. 
Um, and like you said, checking in with yourself, how do I feel, you know, am I better than I was yeah. a couple weeks ago? Am I moving in, like in alignment with my goal and headed in that direction? If not, you know, maybe we need to go back to drawing board or become or do I like consistent. the way I look? You know right, I mean? right, right. That's a big piece of it for a lot of people is right. they like don't feel comfortable in their own skin. So it's like, hey, if you're having these insecurities or conversations with yourself that have to do with the way you're, you look in your body or it's just affecting your confidence in other areas, and like tackle it. It's, you know what to do. You know, it's right there. Right. But I think once we get into patterns, it is, it's so easy to just continue the same things over and over. So you gotcha. Yeah. So I think – I wanted to talk about schedule and I think we're on the same page where it's, it's pretty dynamic yeah, with, for sure. you know, um, where we're at and uh, obviously you are involved all the time with fitness. Yeah. So it's, it's very hard to like, and your schedule varies probably day to day with classes and stuff yeah. like that. So, um, it's a good point that, you know, you're as healthy as you are and you don't have like a set schedule. It's just like, here's my goals. Yeah. It's to stay you know, stay healthy and I know where I want to be. And so if I need to ramp it up at some point yeah. or ramp it down, yeah. just be dynamic. And I think that's honestly the healthiest way to do it. For sure. I um, think uh, one thing I always say is you can't fake fitness. You just right. can't. Like you, it, that's, it's one of my favorite parts about it. You, you get what you put in. Like it's just like if you work out every single day, you're more, you're going to see results. Like it's just right. a matter of time. Right. Yeah. And there are, there's so many things to track your metrics to nowadays where yeah. it doesn't have to be like, Oh, I need to work out every day to lose weight. It's like, you can have all of these, you know, if you have an Apple watch, if you have a whoop, if you have, you know, yeah. the thousand other products they offer that can track your, your heart rate or your calorie intake or all these things. This is a good way to just, Hey, you don't have to be physically active constantly, but you can yeah. just by walking or just by, tracking your movement or what you're consuming yeah. you can get the same effects and the same results yeah but being you know actively aware of those things for sure like, yeah just bringing awareness to it like people will do keto and lose you know 40 pounds whatever they lose yeah like it's because keto is amazing that it's, that's why right i'll be like okay well when's the last time you gave your food that much awareness well never okay well it's not keto it's just because you paid attention to it <laughs> right. you know what i mean yeah and that's just what it comes down to like once you give it awareness, you're, you don't have to ask a professional to be like, hey, is this healthy or is this not healthy? Like you can, if it's questionable, more than likely it's not healthy. Right. So it's just having those honest conversations with yourself of like, what do I want to do? How do I want to feel? Okay, I need to do this, period, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. Like just cutting the crap from your nutritional standpoint. Just, we, had, we talked about that I think a couple of podcasts ago about, or like first nutrition podcast about just like you're, you know, most people know what, what unhealthy foods are yeah. generally speaking. So just by being aware of those things and trying to stay away from them, yeah. you know, you don't have to track your macros to, to lose weight if you just cut the crap. For sure. Know? Yeah. Cause most of the time that's not what's, you know, making a difference. Like if you want to, you know, be a bodybuilder, compete, you're going to track your macros hundred percent. Right. Like you have to eat a certain amount of protein, whatever. But if you're just trying to lose weight and you're drinking a soda every hour or, you know, just eating donuts all day long, whatever the case might be, like just cutting that stuff out is going to get you to lose weight if right. you just pay attention to it exactly. and just be real, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's a good point into leading to what I wanted to talk about, about your clients. And um, you said originally when you had the first gym you were working at, they had like this goals of, you know, lose this weight lose this amount of weight, get yeah. your money back, whatever. Um, I just wanted to see what you've seen people that have lost all this weight. Like what are some common traits? Is it that initiative where it's like monetary initiative? Is it their personal drive? Is it the types of workouts they're doing? Is it the community? Uh, it's probably a collective of those things. For sure. It's definitely collective. I think the, mo so, I mean, whenever, you know, people sell these challenges that are like, Hey, get your money back. That monetary part of it is like, Hey, I'm, it's a big number, right? Most of the time, $500 or more. And so it's like, Hey, if you can get it back, you know, that's obviously like a big piece of it, depending on who the person is. Right. Right. Um, but I think, uh, what's been consistent is I, I think the community is a, a huge piece of it. A hundred percent. Um, here in Nashville and downtown Nashville, people are extremely active. Like clients I train right now are all at a very high fitness level so it's really just keeping them you know competitive in general uh so i don't get to train a lot of people that have those big weight loss journeys or have not 
you know, necessarily ever stepped foot in a gym before. Uh, that was just more back in, in Arizona. That was kind of like our whole, you know, that's what our gym was kind of about. Um, and the, the community was so powerful. I mean, it was crazy. And just to see other people do it, I think just to feel like they could relate to the people around them because we'd run these six week challenges and we had a ton of people who had these big weight loss goals. It wasn't like, Hey, just one person. Right. And so I think having other people that had done it before and seeing that it was possible, I think that was a huge piece of it. Um, because sometimes people just think that they have no other, you know, option. Like it's, it's, there's no, there's no way out, I guess. Uh, the heaviest client I've ever had, she was 500 pounds. And so a goal, like something to track progress with her was to like, she literally had to stop twice from her front door to her car every time she'd go to it. And so like getting her to like, literally by the end of a challenge, we got her to like not have to catch her breath during that time. So like that, that's how we would literally track progress. I, was, I wasn't able to see her movements necessarily, like just getting her to move in general, like whether it was like kind of a jumping jack or whatever we were able to do, like that was progress. And so I think for her, like for someone like that, to be able to see other people who have hit that 100, 150 pound goal, or even are still on that journey and just to see it possible, I think that they need that because I could be the best trainer ever and try to communicate that. But if I've never experienced it myself, it's hard for, you know, to get someone to, to really see that possibility. Right. So I think the community part of it there was a huge piece of it. Um, and just the accountability, I think having coaches who care and uh, just are realistic with you and not just, hey, here, just do this, but actually try to understand lifestyle and, you know, things that are going to help you be, you know, have something that's sustainable. I think that that's a huge piece of it. Um, I think with the people who had really big weight loss uh, journeys, getting them to see progress really quickly, that was like we needed to get them to a good level of like, hey, I'm seeing either the scale go down or I feel better or something to get them to get addicted to it. And then from there, I think it was just easy. Like once we build that, like, hey, this is what it could be like, then it was like, okay, this is, they're going to come back no matter what, you know? Yeah. And that's like the toughest thing too, is because people want to see results so fast. Yeah. And there's also that side of they've lived this very, probably very low level of activity lifestyle yeah. to where, hey, the only way to get really fast results is for you to bust your butt, yeah. you know? And like, it's got to feel insane. Like, right. Like, I mean, you've done a hit class. Like, right. it's like, how hard is that for you? Right? Yeah. Like, if I do a hit class, I'll die right now. Right? Yeah. So to think like someone's got like 200 pounds over you doing a hit class or doing a push up, like, it's like, it's mind blowing. Like, it, it really is. And I think. I was like the one piece of it as when I started training, just seeing these people that I like, you know, I'm just like, I'm like 125 pounds sitting over here, like watching these people just like do push-ups and they're like 300 pounds. And I'm just like, how are you doing that? Yeah. Like, how is that even possible? Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's, they, they have to have a lot of willpower and yeah. a lot of, that's put a lot of effort in to, to see that, you know, progress that quickly. And I guess giving them that, like, like you just said, giving them that, acknowledgement like hey what you're doing is actually harder like you're in the same class oh, for sure, but yeah. what you're doing is harder yeah. for you than anyone else way more weight right really, yeah so like if you can make it through this like you are you're yeah. crushing it and you're doing all the right yeah. things to put put you on that journey yeah to we also successful. coach them on you know positive affirmations meditations like making sure that they were you know speaking nice things to themselves and like every day during the challenge they had to basically have like a non-skill victory of like something that was not skill related that they felt like they were progressing into whether it be like hey i was able to make it through the entire workout or without you know feeling like i had to stop or my pants are fitting better or i i feel like you know my skin looks better whatever the case might be yeah um, and getting them to see those things instead of just hey here's a number on the scale because that's always Everyone, you know, wants to see that number drop, especially if it's a weight loss client. And sometimes they have this idea of like, hey, I want to lose 100 pounds. And they think they think at 100 pounds. And I think this applies to everything in life. Like we think that we get to the goal and it's just going to be great, right? Right. And then we get there and we're like, oh, this is not what we expected it to be like. And then we were like, okay, well, what now? So there's a lot of clients who like think, hey, I want to lose 100 pounds. And they get there and it's not what they expected it to be like. And that's always a really tough, like conversation so getting them to see everything else that they're progressing in and understand how the process is helping them is i think is a, a big piece of it too yeah yeah that, i mean that's a that's a great point like non non-scale measurements is so important because for sure that that scale is fluctuating like yeah 
that there's very rarely are you going to have like a straight linear line of weight loss, you know, same thing with like muscle growth or, you know, somebody in bodybuilding that's trying to get to a certain level or even cardiovascular shape. Like it's, your body is going to fluctuate yeah. so much. I've so. looked like five different ways at one, the exact same weight like yeah. before. And it's, yeah. it's crazy. All right. So I know you like to do like hit training and stuff like that, but I know, I know a couple people that don't really like to sweat excessively or they don't like to elevate their heart rate. Um, they're, I guess maybe it's not scared, but they just don't like that type of high intensity training. So what are things that, that you think are still like, really helpful in losing weight or um you know keeping people healthy that are maybe not as intense and that you've you've seen been successful for sure i think there's a ton of different things that can be successful i think it just depends on the person and what they're interested in Uh, i think the only way to figure out what is best for you is to just go try a bunch of different things and once you find something that you know you enjoy and that is not necessarily like a task to your day but something that you know is more of like a time where you just have it to yourself and it feels like that personal growth, that meditation time for you. Um, I think just adhering to that and making sure that you're, you know, staying consistent. That's what really matters at the end of the day, I believe. And, you know, if you want to cycle every day, if you want to do yoga every day, if you want to run every day, go play with your dog, whatever, as long as you're staying active, but I, I, I think that's just the biggest part of it. Right. Yeah. I think people overthink it a hundred percent. They think that they have to do it this one way. Um, I don't even, I don't train. Like I don't personally, I don't do hit workouts. I, I just, you know, lift weights and I don't really break a sweat necessarily that, that often, but I, you know, that's what I enjoy to do. Right. And sometimes if I want to hop in a hit workout or a cycling class to just challenge myself, I do, but then I remember why I like to just lift weights because yeah. I don't really enjoy doing all that other <laughs> stuff. Right. So Whatever it is that isn't going to be, you know, something that, that stresses you out. I think that's the biggest thing in everything, whether it's a diet or a workout program or whatever. If it's causing stress or if it's, you know, causing confusion or it's adding too much to your life, then it's probably not – it's probably doing more harm than it is good, right? right? So, like, if people are, like, overthinking what they're eating and they're building a bad relationship with food, then that's worse than them not eating. You know what I mean? Like, not yeah. healthy. So, I think just finding something that works for you that's sustainable. Yeah, that's a good point because sometimes like when I, you know, try to get myself to do a high intensity workout, I don't feel like doing it that day. And, you know, wherever it might be because I was super busy at work and there's a lot of stress, a lot of other things on my mind. In that case, it's probably not a good idea for me to add that extra like stress. There's some days where I'm like all about it, where I'm like, I want to get after it and get my heart rate up. And those days I feel great afterwards. Yeah. But if I force myself to do it and then I don't get, I, I feel like I don't yeah. get the same benefit. So, so those days I might just, you know, hop on the treadmill and walk or yeah. jog or get on the elliptical or whatever, or, you know, do a very low intensity, like, you know, weight workout. Yeah. So, or like if you go to the gym, like kind of like a pro tip, I guess, if you go to the gym and you're having a, not the best workout ever. And you're just like, oh, this workout sucks. Instead of going home, go do the exercise that like you love the most. Like like that you love to do cable, tri- like tricep pushdowns, right? Like yeah. that's your thing. You want to get a, a, a tricep pump. Go do that. And then you're going to feel good because if you enjoy it that much, you're going to feel good. And then you're going to probably want to keep going with your workout. But, yeah. you know, just go find something that is making you happy. Otherwise, it's kind of pointless. Like for you, like I can tell like whenever you do hit classes, it's because you're like, you're, you want to go compete. You know, yeah. you, you want the competition part of it. Yeah. And Definitely. so it's like, yeah, it's that kind of day you want to go in there and just, you know, throw some stuff around and, and it just, that's, but sometimes, you know, like I'll see you how often, like once a month or something, yeah, come yeah. In and like, I want to do this today. Right. Yeah. So that's yeah, good whenever you want to feel like it, but if you don't, then don't do it. Right. Yeah. It's a great point. I'm not saying you sit on the couch though, you know, well, Still yeah, work, that know? is my point. It's like <laughs> the, the, the reason we're doing this is because we're trying to be active. Like yeah. I'm not saying like. You know, if you don't want to do that high intensity, you don't have to. It's actually data has shown that for the longevity standpoint, it's actually just better to be just neutrally active, Mm -hmm. kind of like a low intensity activity level for a lot longer during the day is the most beneficial. Um, You know, all these people in the blue zones, which is the kind of podcast name and what it's based on, they don't do hit training. They don't do, they don't throw you know, they're not Olympic weightlifters or whatever. They're just doing like 
you know, low level activity, but you can get the same benefit from working out every day at Absolutely. high intensity for portions of but you don't have to. That's my yeah. point. It's like yeah, and I think staying like, active. Yeah. And for someone who's like just starting off, like that's kind of like the worst idea ever, right? Like to go into a hit class, like for your first time ever walking into the gym, like of course you're gonna hate it. Like I, yeah. I hate it when I go to a class. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're, you're gonna, you're literally setting yourself up for failure. Like if you just go in and do a hit class in your first try, go to Orange Theory. Never gone to a gym. You go to Orange Theory your first time. You're probably never gonna go back to a gym. Yeah. Again, right. So I'm a big like I like one of my biggest pet peeves was is what trainers like you know, hype up kicking their client's ass, right? Because it's like, yo, like, you don't want to push people to that level because it's, it's just not enjoyable anymore. And, like, it, I know people are like, oh, working out's never enjoyable, right? People say that. But it, it really should be. It should be something that, you know, makes you feel good and something that is challenging you. And once you hit those, you know, small challenges then there are small goals, like, then you feel really good about yourself. But right. you're not going to go in and try to just kill a hit class the first time or, you know, after you've taken a month off or something. Like, it's just kind of setting yourself up to be tired the next day and then probably skip the gym a few days yeah and all you're going to do is probably compare yourself to others sure. that have been doing it for five years and yeah. you know it's just and, not yeah. healthy and do. another point too is like for someone who's never worked out before i don't think it's the best option because it's so fast and that's where i kind of come in as far as like group fitness goes i want to change that whole like outlook of what group fitness is because a lot of people get hurt in group fitness because it's lots of people one coach or two coaches maybe doing a really intense, really quick movements. And so it's like, you're bound to get hurt. Like we're competitive yeah. people. Like we will, even if you are pretty fit, if you're moving at a fast pace and not really intentionally moving throughout those, like every single rep, you're probably gonna, you know, you could tweak something very easily. And so I think it's important to like, for new people to understand that they have to get the foundational stuff down first and then either add load or then kind of jump into the hit classes. Um, once they know at least the basics of like, you know, hip hinging, making sure their core is stable and everything like that. Well, yeah, that kind of leads, I'm done badgering you with questions, yeah. but I know you wanted to talk about some movement stuff. Yeah. So feel free to, feel free to jump into yeah. that. If you so, want to. um, I think the biggest piece of, so as a trainer, I, it, it's crazy. And if any trainers are listening, I, I think it's important for younger trainers to know this you're never going to stop learning and you don't want to ever stop learning. I think, and that kind of touched on this earlier in the podcast of like, when I was younger, there was no like, Hey, I want to be a personal trainer when I grow up. Right. So that kind of goes to show like, this is a brand new like world. Right. And so on Instagram right now, there's all these people who call themselves coaches or trainers and, and all this stuff. And I'm not trying to you know talk down on anybody, but this is such a, this is your health period. You know, like you, you go to a doctor because a doctor has gone through all these levels of education to be able to tell you this is what's going on. Yeah. You go to a trainer who might be, you know, 18 years old or whatever, and just got a certification in a week for 500 bucks, right? Like open book online, taking a test. And so uh, a big piece of everything is like course ability. So I think a lot of younger trainers um, and people who are just are newer to the gym, I didn't really know no one really taught me these basic things of just making sure that I'm keeping everything here tight. Right. So, um, with that being said, like movements can easily be messed up. deadlifts, kettlebell swing squat, whatever, if we're not keeping a stable core, but what people don't realize it's not just in the gym. It's also when you're sitting on the couch, like all day long watching TV and you're just kind of like letting your spine just kind of curve. Whatever it like it's in those memes where like, it's like, my back hurts and then it's like but also me all day and it's like a little <laughs> yeah. like yeah. like it i think that's really relatable for most people is like we're just kind of sitting there and just kind of like letting or you know laying on our side or laying on our arm or we'll wake up and you know our arms are numb or whatever and we don't think anything of it and so it's crazy how much your core stability plays a part in all of that so um, what a lot of people don't realize is they're not breathing correctly. And I think that people are like, what, what do you mean? I'm, of course I'm breathing. I'm alive. Right. I've been breathing my whole life. <laughs> yeah. right? That's always, I know, how to do this. I know how to breathe. Right. And I, I'm not going to get too deep into the topic because people are going to get super confused, but what's happening right now with 2020 and coronavirus and everything is a lot of people are dealing with anxiety, stress, sitting at a computer all day, holding, you know, movements for a long period of time. And so what's happening is we're tying in a, a, a couple of different things. So the core stability, we're kind of just like letting everything go. We're not, we're not breathing into the right places. So we're breathing from a like fight or flight like standpoint. So we're breathing from the, the chest and the neck muscles, which are not meant to be our breathing muscles. So everything up here is getting super tight. 
And so then when we don't use our lungs and we don't use, we don't expand the diaphragm when we're breathing, we start to tighten there too. So a lot of people are dealing with shoulder problems, you know, neck problems, um, headaches, all kinds of stuff that they don't realize are tied to the way that their posture is or the way that they're breathing or the stress that they're holding in the body. So um, I actually dealt with this last year. I was extremely stressed, sat at a computer all day. Like most people went from coaching classes, walking up and down the gym all day, being really active to sitting in one place and just holding a posture for a long time. So um, let's talk about the core stability real quick. So core stability is making sure that everything in your core, think about your core not as your abs, but as your spine is the way I like to think about it. Just kind of like everything that holds everything else together. So your spine is your nervous system, right? And so like if anything gets messed up around it, if it's not protected, it can, you know, pinch a nerve and cause whatever the case, like it could cause a million different things, right? right. It could make you have, you know, um, just like numbness in any part of your body. It can make you have uh, extreme pain. It could make you have uh, neuro, like muscular communication can be cut off. So you can't, you know, move your arm or, or do the things that you're supposed to be able to do. And so with that, I mean, comes a ton of other things, right? You're not going to be able to function properly if that happens. Right. So protecting your spine and keeping everything in alignment and course really kind of tie into each other. So I just like to think about it as keeping, so your spine starts at your tailbone and goes all the way up to where your neck like connects to your skull up here. So when people are going into the gym and doing a squat, a deadlift, a, any type of, any type of movement really, and they're not controlling everything around that, then we leave a lot of room for injury or issues or any type of, you know, rotation or anything like that. Um, so with keeping your core stable, we're able to just keep everything tight throughout the hard movements. We're adding, you know, however much weight you're throwing on your back for a squat, like adding that load and not keeping that stable. We're just putting that load onto our spine basically to kind of move in whatever direction. So the best way to explain how to keep your core stable is to tuck your belly button into your spine and then squeeze the abs down. So that's why I'm like, don't think about it as your abs. Think about it as like what's under it. Squeeze your abs down and then breathing from the actual diaphragm, so like underneath your chest and not letting, you know, that lose any tension throughout any movement, but also throughout the rest of your day. So whenever you're sitting in a, you know, shrimpy position, right, more than likely belly's hanging out. We're not really contracting any of that core muscle so the spine has room to move in any different direction, can rotate, can do all kinds of stuff and can cause any issues on our body. It depends on the person, right? So... That's kind of how, as much as I'll get into the core stability part of it, just kind of hopefully that makes sense. Uh, and we can talk about it later if, you know, the viewers have questions. Yeah. Um, and then from there, if we have improper core stability, once those things start to move around, posture is going to get pretty bad, right? And posture is going to be bad in general. Our generation's on their phone. We're doing, you know, poking our chin out a little bit to look at the computer or the TV. We're holding tension in our shoulders. We're holding our phone on one side at all times, internally rotating the shoulder, other side not doing much. So making sure that we're opening everything up and sitting up tall is huge because we're not going to be able to breathe or keep everything stable if we're not. So kind of tying it together if we're not, you know, being aware of it. So again, with the awareness. Right. Um, so the way that's easiest to, I mean, to think about it, because it's relatable, is we use every Every, everything we do is we're reaching for stuff. We're using the front part of the body, right? We're reaching for our phone, reaching to get something, doing push-ups, whatever. We don't really ever do like opening, pulling our elbows back, opening up our chest, unless we're training like a back day, right? Right. And so opening everything up is huge because everything we do is like pulling us forward, like shoulders around or forward, the computer, um, driving, whatever it is. And so opening everything up is going to help a ton with the posture. So, um, just doing any type of, you know, chest openers and yoga, or there's a ton of just different exercises you can do to stretch them out, but just being aware of how much we're moving forward, making sure we're walking around with our head up. We're not looking down on our phone for hours at a time, um, making sure that we're not sleeping on our side, laying on our arm and laying on our back and just doing those things to make sure that we're aware of it. Um, even setting a timer on your phone of like, Hey, check your posture. You know, those yeah, are, I like, you know, that. like just something like that. Um, cause we know what it's supposed to look like, right? Like we, like we all know what like a hunchback looks like. We know that we're supposed to sit up straight and then also just making sure that we're sitting up with our head up, like the crown of our head is up. Uh, cause that's all going to take all that tension away from our shoulders, our, our, our neck, our chest, everything like that. Um, and so what ties everything together is the fascia. So I think 
the easiest way to understand what fascia is, if you guys don't, have never heard that word, it's kind of something that's been thrown around more recently, um, is it's our connective tissue. So we have our skeletal system, our muscular system, and the fascia is kind of what puts it all together. Uh, but up until like 10 years ago, it was just like in, in, in biopsies, they're just thrown away. Like it, it doesn't show up in MRIs, CT scans, or anything along those lines. So it's held a lot of those like issues that people have that we just literally ignored. And so that fascia, think about it like, like whenever you lay concrete, when it's wet, you know, you can go in a bunch of different directions, right? But when it sits for a long time, it gets hard, right? So if we're sitting in a posture position for a long time, we're doing a certain repetitive movement. So let's say it's in the gym and we're doing an improper deadlift every single day, right? The more we do it, the more we're training our body to, we're basically telling our body, hey, I want you to hold this position. I want you, right. to, I want you to basically wrap my fascia, which is connecting my muscular skeletal system that's what protects everything together. I want you to protect it this way. So the body doesn't know the difference between, you know, this is a bad posture or a good posture. It's just doing whatever you're telling it to do. So if you're sitting at the computer, rolling your shoulders forward, you know, hunching down, not keeping your core stable, and you're sitting like this all the time, your body's like, oh, Tony wants to sit like this. Yeah. I'm going to protect her to sit like this, right? But if we continue to hold good posture and check ourselves and, and, and bring movement into those areas, then we're able to retrain the body and the fascia to kind of wrap around. Um, but what will happen is once that fascia is locked up and tight in those improper posture, you know, positions, it'll start to impact other pieces of the body and eventually build trigger points, which are just kind of like muscle knots um, that can either cause referred pain. So you might have a trigger point in your shoulder that is causing you pain or numbness in your fingers or your hands, and it, they'll start to impact the way you're living. So um, you can get rid of this by, you know, massage, myofascial release foam rolling lacrosse ball like laying on the lacrosse ball holding pressure in those areas uh but we don't want it to get to that point right where it's obviously impacting us um so watching the patterns that we do throughout the day whether it's like you know you're gardening and you're using you're hunching over and using the same you know same movement over and over and over again or sitting at your computer or you know driving with one arm over the other or whatever the case might be like watching those things are going to be a lot more impactful than you know just going to get a massage and getting it done and kind of putting a bandaid on it. But, right. you know, they can loosen it up a little bit, but if we don't focus on how we're carrying ourselves the rest of the day, it's not going to make a, a huge difference. Um, so, yeah, I, I think those are kind of all pieces that tie together that I think people don't even slightly begin to think about. Even trainers don't slightly begin to think about. And what's crazy is, like, once you develop trigger points in certain areas of your, of your body, so, for example, on the scaly muscles, which are, like, in the neck that connect the ribcage here, if we develop any type of trigger points there that gets locked up, that can cause like symptoms that are like numbness of the left arm, for example. It's like you, you might think you have a heart attack when in reality you have a tight like muscle knot, which is yeah. insane, right? Yeah. So it, that's just one like one thing. There's tons of different things. TMJ, that can, I TMJ know. or like uh, vertigo. Yeah. It can make you dizzy. Um, like if you have any type of like blurriness in your vision or um it, it can cause like digestion problems if you have anything in your in your core just kind of like aligning with your organs that are obviously supposed to do those things so it's just crazy how much it all kind of ties together um and so that's why people like that's why it's tying it all together foundational like learning the foundations making sure that you're moving correctly at the beginning not just jumping into the hit class or jump into the gym not knowing what you're doing is huge because if we can get that foundation down then progress and everything else is going to be easy because we can do it pain-free right pain-free and without any crazy symptoms that are going to get you know be like come go against us later later in the in the journey so yeah i mean i've definitely noticed my positioning and like where i'm yeah throughout the day like i have to check myself quite often so i encourage everyone to kind of scan their body regularly like you were saying set those alarms it's it actually is you'd be very surprised how you sit normally or how you are standing like me, I favor my left leg when I stand up at a stand-up desk. So yeah. I'll notice that why am I standing like a pelican or like a flamingo all, yeah. all the time? Like, yeah. why am I doing this? And then when I notice like when I'm doing lunges or something, I get a sharp pain on my left, like the lower side of my back. I'm like, I guarantee you it's, it's because yeah, I'm favoring sure. that side. And so, and when we get like anxious, we kind of like, like almost like put all that pressure into our, our shoulders and chest. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll almost like, 
take the pressure like we don't rest our weight into our feet and so some more than likely most people have one side that is favored more than the other typically it's gonna be your dominant side and yeah you're just kind of like resting all your weight on that side and that gets locked up and then it starts to feed into other things yeah. and then it just turns into this crazy like puzzle of like i don't know where it started but to fix all of it um but yeah i mean it's it's way more common than you think and my first question with every client that i mean i'm like hey do you have any pain in your body? And the answer, like, it's almost like they're scared to like tell me sometimes I think, and it's always like, no, no, I, I feel good. Yeah. Once, you know, like once in a while, whatever. And then like, once we get comfortable with each other, like three weeks down the road, they're like, Hey, they're like my whole body hurts. Actually. Like, Hey, I had this like super sharp pain in like the back of my shoulder. Like, what is it? And I'm like, that's weird. Cause you didn't mention that like <laughs> yeah. three weeks ago. Yeah. So it's just funny. Cause yeah, I think it, they just have no idea. Like, like I'm a massage therapist. I was talking to them the other day. And uh, one thing that I do for recovery is I get a massage every month, sometimes two. Yeah. Um, it's been really helpful with like the shoulder injury and everything. But um, I was talking to him and I was like, it's just crazy how much people ignore it. And they think they're just sore or they think they're, you know, they're just, it's just normal at that point. They're like, oh yeah, right. back pain is part of grown up. It's yeah. part of being an adult. You know? Yeah. It's like, no, it's not. Like they just have no idea. Yeah. They just push through it and it's like, hey, your life could be way better. I yeah. Promise. And it's only going to get worse oh, as you progress. Yeah. Like, you know, you're with age, you become more inactive and yeah. it's just, there's it's just like, there's Oh, you're going to get a steroid shot or yeah. your, you know, surgery or it's yeah. always like, it, it always just turns into those things. And it's like, I'm not saying, you know, some things need surgery, some things need certain things, right. but I think a lot of it can be avoided by just taking care of your, your body in general, but taking care of those, you know, aches and pains that you think are just normal, like make sure that you're, paying some attention to it and take care of yourself all the other hours out of the day that you're not in the gym for sure the gym if you're adding if you're squatting 315 and you're squatting with super shitty form like you're only adding to the problem for sure right. but all the other things that you do throughout the day how you sleep how you walk how you stand all day are you just moving around are you sitting in one spot are you stressed out are you making yourself anxious are you tightening your body all that stuff plays such a bigger role than just going to the gym right Great. So be aware, people. Yeah, I think awareness that's, uh, is, a, is basically the theme. Yeah, it's the overarching thing that we've noticed being aware of a bunch of stuff. So, I mean, if I listen to this podcast, I think they're probably paying a little bit of attention to their <laughs> fitness, which is like hopefully we can reach out to somebody who's hopefully if you're listening to this. It's like maybe your first time listening to a yeah. health and fitness podcast, and this is your this is your first one. Like that's saving you a lot of like trial and error. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's we're awesome. trying to yeah. save you. Yeah. But yeah, it's a great way to wrap it. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Tanya, for, for speaking some knowledge on for these sure. people. So I'd love to come it. on again. If you guys have any questions, let us know and you know, we'll answer them to the best of our ability. We will. All right. Thank you. Thank you.